0: Section seventeen of Iola Leroy or Shadows Uplifted. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White. Iola Leroy or Shadows Uplifted by Francis E. W. Harper. Chapter seventeen flames in the schoolroom good morning said dr gresham approaching robert and iola how are you both you have mended rapidly turning to robert but then it was only a flesh wound your general health being good and your blood in excellent condition it was not hard for you to rally where have you been doctor i have a faint recollection of having seen you on the morning i was brought in from the field but not since I have been on a furlough. I was running down through exhaustion and overwork, and I was compelled to go home for a few weeks rest. But now, as they are about to close the hospital, I shall be permanently relieved. I am glad that this cruel strife is over. It seemed as if I had lived through ages during these last few years. In the early part of the war, I lost my arm by a stray shot, and my armless sleeve is one of the mementos of battle I shall carry with me through life. Miss Leroy, he continued, turning respectfully to Iola, Would you permit me to ask you, as I would have someone ask my sister under the same circumstances, if you have matured any plans for the future, or if I can be of the least service to you? If so, I would be pleased to render you any service in my power. My purpose, replied Iola, is to hunt for my mother, and to find her if she is alive. I am willing to go anywhere and do anything to find her. But I will need a standpoint from whence I can send out lines of inquiry. It must take time, in the disordered state of affairs, even to get a clue by which I may discover her whereabouts." "'How would you like to teach?' asked the doctor. "'Schools are being opened all around us. Numbers of excellent and superior women are coming from the North to engage as teachers of the freed people would you be willing to take a school among these people? I think it will be uphill work. I believe it will take generations to get over the duncery of slavery. Some of these poor fellows who came into our camp did not know their right hands from their left, nor their ages, nor even the days of the month. It took me some time, in a number of cases, to understand their language. It saddened my heart to see such ignorance. ONE DAY I ASKED ONE A QUESTION, AND HE ANSWERED, I KNOW him." WHAT DID HE MEAN? ASKED IOLA. THAT HE DID NOT SEE IT, REPLIED THE DOCTOR. OF COURSE THIS DOES NOT APPLY TO ALL OF THEM. SOME OF THEM ARE WIDE AWAKE AND SHARP AS STEEL TRAPS. I THINK SOME OF THAT CLASS MAY BE USED IN HELPING OTHERS. I SHOULD BE VERY GLAD TO HAVE AN OPPORTUNITY TO TEACH, SAID IOLA. I used to be a great favorite among the colored children on my father's plantation." In a few days after this conversation the hospital was closed. The sick and convalescent were removed, and Iola obtained a position as a teacher. Very soon Iola realized that while she was heartily appreciated by the freedmen, she was an object of suspicion and dislike to their former owners. The North had conquered by the supremacy of the sword, and the South had bowed to the inevitable. But here was a new army that had come with an invasion of ideas, that had come to supplant ignorance with knowledge. And it was natural that its members should be unwelcome to those who had made it a crime to teach their slaves to read the name of the ever-blessed Christ. But Iola had found her work, and the freedmen their friend. When Iola opened her school, she took pains to get acquainted with the parents of the children, and she gained their confidence and cooperation. Her face was a passport to their hearts. Ignorant of books, human faces were the scrolls from which they had been reading for ages. They had been the sunshine and shadow of their lives. Iola had found a schoolroom in the basement of a colored church, where the doors were willingly open to her her pupils came from miles around ready and anxious to get some book larnin some of the old folks were eager to learn and it was touching to see the eyes which had grown dim under the shadows of slavery donning spectacles and trying to make out the words as iola had nearly all of her life been accustomed to colored children she had no physical repulsions to overcome no prejudices to conquer in dealing with parents and children In their simple childish fashion they would bring her fruits and flowers and gladden her lonely heart with little tokens of affection. One day a gentleman came to the school and wished to address the children. Iola suspended the regular order of the school, and the gentleman essayed to talk to them on the achievements of the white race, such as building steamboats and carrying on business. Finally he asked how they did it. "'They've got money.' chorus the children. "'But how did they get it?' "'They took it from us,' chimed the youngsters. Iola smiled, and the gentleman was nonplussed, but he could not deny that one of the powers of knowledge is the power of the strong to oppress the weak. The school was soon overcrowded with applicants, and Iola was forced to refuse numbers, because their quarters were too cramped. The school was beginning to lift up the home for iola was not satisfied to teach her children only the rudiments of knowledge she had tried to lay the foundation of good character but the elements of evil burst upon her loved and cherished work one night the heavens were lighted with lurid flames and iola beheld the school the pride and joy of her pupils and their parents a smouldering ruin Iola gazed with sorrowful dismay on what seemed the cruel work of an incendiary's torch. While she sat mournfully contemplating the work of destruction, her children formed a procession, and passing by the wreck of their school, sang, Oh, do not be discouraged, for Jesus is your friend. As they sang, the tears sprang to Iola's eyes, and she said to herself, I am not despondent of the future of my people. There is too much elasticity in their spirits too much hope in their hearts to be crushed out by unreasoning malice End of section 17 recording by James K White Chulavista